Hey, everybody. I am Stephanie Goss, and this is the Uncharted Podcast. And today, Andy and I have got a question that I'm sure no one in the history of ever has answered in their clinic yet, which is a question coming from a client who wants to know, well, if I'm vaccinated, how come I can't come in the building with my pet? And I'm sure none of you have ever heard that question yet, right? Let's get into it. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me and Stephanie. You keep on knocking, but you can't come in, Goss. (laughs) You keep on knocking. I like that one. It's a good one. How's it going, Andy? Oh, man. It's crazy. It's, it's, It's good, but crazy. The spring is springing here. Uh, Lots and lots and lots of dogs with fleas. Yes. Lots of dogs with fleas. And uh, and the kids are like running roughshod around the house and talking about spring break. And I'm like, you you do virtual school. Your life is spring break. (laughs) You don't need no spring break. You don't need no spring break. I need a spring. Spring break is when you go to school for a week. (laughs) that's That's what I need. Right. I think uh, I think that there are tons of parents out there that can can agree with that. I definitely have had that thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's going to be it's going to be bonkers. Yeah. That's where we are. So anyway, yeah. How about you? Things are good. It's the same. The kids actually have a two week spring break. uh, And so I'm just like, what am I going to do with you for the next two weeks? (laughs) Yeah. So, but it's uh, it's finally sunny here in uh, Western Washington, which is really exciting. And we've just been outside soaking up all the sunshine and digging in the dirt, and you know, doing the doing the outside things before the second winter hits us and it starts raining again here. <laughs> yeah. So I agree. <laughs> um, but we've got uh, we've got a really good and timely uh relevant topic there has been a lot of conversation starting to happen in the uncharted community and i certainly have seen it in a bunch of the manager groups um and actually the conversation has been happening at the clinic as well um yeah we have been talking about you know we we recently did a, a podcast episode about what do we do you know in terms of getting the team vaccinated and as soon as we had finished uh, that episode, we started seeing conversation on the opposite side of that coin, which is, okay, now clients are getting vaccinated. And so the clinic is getting inundated with the, I'm vaccinated, so why can't I come in the building with my pet from clients? Yeah. And everybody is feeling overwhelmed with how do we manage this? What do we do about this? Um, you know, everybody has been for, for those of us who are still curbside, um, you know, and we have plenty of colleagues who have not been curbside for some time and have been allowing clients in the building. And there's a lot of us who are um, in places where our state or local governments have set rules that have kept us from bringing clients back in the building. We have rules here in place that still haven't changed, even though everybody's getting vaccinated. And so we'll talk about that. But um, there are a lot of us that are still curbside. A lot of us have 
all of the same problems that we had a year ago still exist. We have immunocompromised team members um, or high risk team members. We have uh, small exam rooms. We have not enough bodies and not enough team members and everybody's short staffed. And so how do we handle the cleaning protocols that go along with having the public back in the building, touching surfaces constantly all day long? All of those things still exist. And so clinics everywhere are struggling with this, this constant barrage from clients because people are done being in Mm -hmm. their houses. (laughs) They're done being curbside and they want to bring their new puppy inside the vet clinic. And so everybody is starting to ask, what do I do with that? What do I say to that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing (laughs) that's, that's going, you know, I've found that if you just tell people, uh, we have a plan, um, when you listen, they'll say, okay. And they'll be respectful of your plan. And generally they'll do exactly what you ask them to do. That's not, that's not reality. (laughs) I wish (laughs) like I thought, you know, just, just tell them like, and they'll be cool. No, no, maybe not. No. So yeah. All right. So this is a sticky wicket. Uh, we've, we've got them outside. We've got them curbside. And now they have gotten their vaccine and they're happy to tell you who manufactured their vaccine. Mm-hmm. And uh, they want to come back in because they're vaccinated, yeah. which means they're not at risk and they're not going to be at risk to you in their mind. All right. Cool. Let's start with philosophy headspace okay. on this one for sure. All right. We uh, we talked about this in getting the team vaccinated. The vaccine conversation is not about the vaccine for most people. Mm-hmm. There is so much wrapped up in this uh, in in vaccination. It's, it's kind of like wearing masks. It's like when you ask someone to wear a mask, you're not asking them to wear a mask. You're asking them to accept your worldview, you know, and you accept oppression that you're putting upon them if that's the <laughs> worldview that they that they look through, you know, like, yeah, it's it's not about the mask. It's about the idea of the mask. And the same thing with the vaccine. It's not about the vaccine. It's about the idea of the vaccine. And here's here's where we here's where we get screwed. So you have people who are like, I got vaccinated. Let me in. And those people believe that they have done what they are supposed to do. And now they should be rewarded for doing the thing that they believe that they were supposed to do. And they want their freedom back. Yeah. At the same time, if you let people in who have been vaccinated and people and keep people out who haven't been vaccinated, Oh, boy, mm-hmm. you are going to really hear about it because there are people who don't believe the vaccine is safe and there right. are people who don't believe COVID is real. Right. And I'm not getting into any of those things. Right? That's not that is not I don't think that conversation is worth is worth starting because here's the truth for us. We're a service provider. Right. We are a business. We want to do business. We want to take care of pets. That's all we want to take care of. I'm not interested in debating with you about vaccine efficacy, how you know the real impacts of covid like that's not my job. I don't benefit from that. All I do is turn off potential clients. Right. Is, is, is there's no there's there's no good that comes from that. So it's not yeah. even worth me having that conversation. Right. So I do not want to talk to them about the vaccines at all. I, I, I don't No. Remember that when they talk about the vaccines, they're not just talking about the vaccines. They're talking about their feelings on government and liberty and science and Mm -hmm. truth and the media and all of these things. 
I if you could tell who had vaccinated and who was not vaccinated, I still think that's a terrible idea to split people that way. Right. And the honest to God truth is you have no idea. And people was like, I got vaccinated. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, right. You know, like there, there's no system. And it's not our job to check people's vaccination status to come in, you know, and right. like that's just it's a whole thing that I don't want to have anything to do with. So the whole like I'm vaccinated, so I should be able to come in and other people have to stay outside. That's just beyond the scope of our business. Right. And I just I personally don't see any benefit to unpacking that stuff. I, and so I, I wherever you go. You do not want to get into a, ba- a debate about vaccines are good or they're bad or, you know, yes, we're going to let these people in because of this status and, and no, these people can't. Like, I just think that that by itself, I would just reject that out of hand. That totally makes sense. Right. And I think that's some of what people are struggling with because you have mostly front desk team members, but sometimes other uh, patient care team members who are getting asked the question on the phone. Right. And then they're on the spot and they panic. And the first thing in their mind is, well, are they, are they vaccinated or are they not? Right. Like that's as this, cause as a society, that's one of the things we're looking at as an earmarker to quote unquote, get back to normal. Right. Like the, the conversation has very much been about how do we get more people vaccinated so that we can return to to life as it was and we all you know i think we've talked about on the podcast that that life is not going to go back to the way that it was it's going to be something new and different and that is part of this and so i think that's part of the challenge for the team certainly in the moment right now is like what what do i even do with that because most people have in the moment on the phone with the client who's asking you that question it's really hard to have the presence of mind to zoom out and say, I don't want to have a vaccine debate with you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. It, we're And we'll get into this when we get into what do you actually do? Uh, this is not something that should be left to the staff to freestyle. Yeah. And absolutely. I feel like that's a lot of it is like, you know, guys, we'll let you know when we open back up for clients. Right. And that's the end of the conversation. And they're getting hammered on the phones and exactly. we are not supporting them. I, I think the yes. biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from all of this, this whole podcast is, you know, these conversations are happening. You know, the clients are coming up and they're saying these things. Uh, we need to be communicating with our team and especially our front desk, people who are answering the phone, people who are dealing with clients um, at the front at the front desk. Um, we need to have them prepared. They need to know what the policies are. They need to know um, what they should say. They need to have some support. They need to know that this is not going to be one of those BS things we see in vet practices where the front desk is told one thing and the person raises their voice and the veterinarian comes in and goes, oh, you know what, you know what, you know what? No, yeah, I mean, He's cool. He's cool. Like, no, he can come. We'll just we'll take him like it. it, That's not fair. And it just sets the staff up. And I think a lot of practices are that way where a lot of them made exceptions from the beginning for things like euthanasia. And they were like, I'm not going to you know, separate someone from their pet for euthanasia. I totally get that. And I'm not, there's no judgment on that. You know, I I understand a hundred percent why clinics did that. And so there is precedent for people coming into the building under certain circumstances. So of course, you know, there is some question by the staff of, okay, are we still just doing euthanasia? Are we doing some other things? Are we just doing people who swear, pinky swear that they're vaccinated or that, you know, they, they just don't know. And so no matter what you choose to do, You've got to 
educate your staff about what the policies are and then support them. Well, and I think that's that's part of the battle, right? Like the from even from the team's perspective is that the team can see that, well, we've made some exceptions um, or maybe you haven't. Maybe it's maybe you have been all or nothing, but there are a lot mm-hmm. of hospitals out there who have made some exceptions. And so it's like, well, if we were letting clients who weren't vaccinated in for euthanasias and now we have clients who are vaccinated and the information that we're getting is that if we're vaccinated, that theoretically we can do more and we can have more exposure to other people and those things can change. The the team is making those same leaps that the clients are making. And so I think it is totally true that while we don't want to have um, the culture war and get into beliefs and ideals and liberties and all of those things at the same time, like you and I talked about when we when we talked about vaccinating the team, there has to be some real conversation with your team um, behind the scenes so that they understand the why behind whatever decisions you are making one way or the one way or the other. I think that also in that same vein, you know, we are part of the larger cultural zeitgeist, right? Like there is a, a trend across our country and the idea that veterinary clinics are going to be different from that trend or stand out from that trend is lost on pet owners. You know right. what I mean? And so as they look, I'll just tell you from South Carolina, um, there has been an announcement. So we're recording this at the very end of March and South Carolina announced that they are skipping group one C in their vaccine and just opening up to everybody mm-hmm. tomorrow. Sure. So tomorrow, if you're over 16, you can go get vaccinated. And I can tell you the day that that announcement was made, I saw a change in people's behaviors out in the world. And this is 100 percent anecdotal, but just the grocery store that I had been going to the whole pandemic mm-hmm. like that day. The balance of people wearing masks to not wearing masks just flipped where it had been the majority of people wearing masks at the grocery store. Just like that day I went and the majority of people were not wearing masks at the grocery store and just flip like that. And uh, I just I think that you're going to see other things just, you know, opening up more and more more restaurants more other right. things that are just yeah and it's, again south carolina has said they're like we're opening up indoor dining for right. anyone who wasn't already doing it and those signals are hitting pet owners right and they don't see us as different from right. a restaurant or from the gym or from whatever right so uh, i think that there is truth and and they're looking at, at things around them and saying oh well everything is opening back up my expectation is that the vet clinic will be open and remember People don't get upset about what they get. They get upset about the difference between what they get and what they expected to get. Right. Which means if they were, if they, if everyone was uh, locked down and they came to the vet clinic and you told them they couldn't come in, they would be fine. Right. If everyone else is open and they come to the vet clinic and they're told they can't come in, they're mad. And that's because their expectation is uh, this should be open. And you have to talk through that. And so, yeah, it's, it, it is interesting. We expectations of clients are being set elsewhere. Right. And depending on where you are, it's an uphill battle to set the expectation. We talked a lot about that at the very beginning when we talked about going into COVID. And one of the big things that I think is important, I still think is important, is whatever your policy is, let clients know as soon as possible. Yeah. Like get it up front. 
It yeah. needs to be, if you're making online appointments, it needs to be, uh, you know, on the website. It needs to be a confirmation email, uh, a text reminding them of their appointment and the fact that you guys are still curbside. And you think, well, why do you have to tell them that? They're going to come here and they're going to see it. And I'm like, it's not about them seeing it. Right. It's about them processing it ahead of time and their expectation when they arrive and they're face to face with your people is that they're going to stay in their car. So if they get mad when they get a text message, that's fine. I'd much rather have them get mad when they get a text message than get mad when they're here in the building and they're yelling at my staff who's working their butts off and deserves better. Yeah, I I would totally, totally agree with that. And I and I think that's where everybody is struggling right now, because I think that for a lot of us, we know we should be communicating something mm-hmm. with the clients. And I think a lot of us are at a loss for the very reason that you just talked about, Andy, which is they're getting their expectations set somewhere else. And those expectations don't align with reality for a lot of us in the clinic. You know, when I go to the grocery store, it is a much bigger, wide open space. And yes, still mm-hmm. someone can still get within my six foot bubble, but there's a lot more flexibility to be able to stay six feet apart when I'm at the grocery store. Right. You're having a, a rational debate from an irrational place when you try and explain to a client, our exam rooms are not a big, wide open space. And we can't keep you six feet apart, especially if we have Fluffy on the other side of the room and we're trying to do an exam on her and she sees you sitting four feet away and she wants to drag us over to you. Like there there are fundamental challenges for the vast majority of veterinary medicine in terms of our space within the hospital. And that did not change overnight. And that makes perfect sense to us. It makes perfect sense to our team. The reason why we're making those choices make sense. They don't make sense to the clients because the expectation, as you said, is being set in other ways and by, by other people in other places. And so that's where it really comes down to once we, once we get out of the headspace of this is something we have to talk about. It is something we have to figure out is something we're going to have to set policy on. And then we're going to have to teach the team. How do they communicate that to clients? Once we, once we get um, past all of that, we still have to recognize the fact that clients are going to struggle with this. And so we have to figure out how do we create a path of less resistance for them? Mm. It won't even be the path of least resistance because we are going to have a lot of clients who fundamentally disagree with our choices if we choose to not let them into the building or even if we let them in and we have restrictions on letting them in, especially for my, you know, I do not envy our colleagues in in places like South Carolina, my friends who are managing hospitals in Texas where everything is open season and Mm -hmm. is wide open. And it went from zero to 90 in 10 seconds. (laughs) And I don't envy having to manage that change because the reality for those clinics hasn't shifted. There still are, you know, people who are at risk and they're struggling with that. They have small exam rooms. They're struggling with that. What do you, what do you do? And so I think, um, just acknowledging the fact that we are between a rock and a hard place as a industry and as a field, because there are things that are different for us that are vastly different than they are for retail or, um, you know, even human doctor's offices. 
And so um, I think that that's something to just pause for a second and and give ourselves a little bit of grace, because no matter what we do, there is no right answer. And we're going to piss someone off no matter what we do. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. So two things I'd I'd pull out of what you just said that that I want to just emphasize is there is no right answer. Mm -hmm. This uh, COVID is messy and it has shown us the world is messy. There are not simple right or wrong. Do this. Don't do that. And everyone is going to be on the same team lines anymore. It's just it's all a big hot mess. And so you're not going to get it right. There's no scenario where you come up with a protocol that everyone agrees makes sense. Right. And goes along with it. it just it doesn't exist. Yeah. And if you clamp down and keep everyone out, you're going to make some people really mad. And if you let people in, there's a chance that you're going to get your practice really sick. Right. I mean, I've talked to two doctors this week who have had who have chunks of people like not one person, but right. like chunks of people out with covid. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like they were like, oh, we kind of, you know, we kind of slacked up a bit because, you know, the doctors are vaccinated and the techs didn't really want to get vaccinated. And now we're down six people, you right. know, like our whole technical staff is gone. Uh, that's I've talked to two people this week who have had that. And you look nationally, at least of this morning, infection rates are going up. Right. Hospitalization rates are still going down. People aren't ending up in the hospital or dying, which is wonderful. Right. But but the actual people getting sick and having right. quarantine and not being at work, those numbers are going up. Mm-hmm. And so you do you do run that risk. There's not a right answer. And so I, I just think, you know, as we move forward, the three things that that I want to put in people's heads are there is not a right answer. This is not a test where you're going to figure it out and do what is right. And everyone's going to agree with what you're right. You you have to create the meaning in this situation. You know, mm-hmm. you have to decide what your metrics are or what your practice values are right. or what your culture is. And when I say practice value, if I say, um, you know, transparency in what we do is one of our core values. And then across the road, there's another vet practice and their vet, vet practice is um, we're a family. Uh, that's our core value is we at the staff are a family and we happen to have some high risk people here. Those two practices might make very different decisions about the access that they're going to mm-hmm. allow pet owners to have. Yeah, it's not it's not right or wrong. It's just. Those are different answers because they're different practices in different situations. Right. The same thing geographically, right? If you're in Texas, um, you may have a very different experience from your clients yes. than someone in Brooklyn is going to have. Yes. And again, you're not wrong uh, to make choices based on the people that you serve mm-hmm. and their demands. Yeah. I mean, if you're negligently putting someone high risk at, at risk, that's not that's the wrong thing to do. And we all know that. But within, you know, within the realm of common sense, those are just different things. So, number one, there is no right answer. I think we all have to make our own meaning in this mess and then do what's right based on our core values and where we are and what we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And so number number two, I've been talking a lot about it in the last couple of weeks, but it, it just comes up when we ever have these culture war disagreements. You know, we talk about head, heart, and hands disagreements, right? So head disagreement, heart disagreement, hand disagreement. And um, I think one of the things when we get into culture war stuff, 
We think a lot of times these are head disagreements, meaning these are disagreements based on information. And I see our colleagues who are like, I'll just explain to them that in the grocery store, they can move away from other people because there's so much more room. But here we have small exam rooms and we can't move away. And then they will understand the difference (laughs) and their education will lift them up to the place where I am. And then we'll both be in agreement that they should stay in their car. Uh, that <laughs> shocking. Good luck with yeah. Good luck with that. Um, and, and and don't get me wrong. There are some people who, if you give them that piece of information, they'll go, "Oh, okay, I get that now." Right. And and right. that's great. Again, culture war issues tend to be more about heart disagreements than head disagreements. Meaning, uh, there are emotions wrapped up in this. Again, it's it's not about the vaccine. It's about what the vaccine means. And you get into these heart disagreements. And so it reminds me of the classic heart and head confusion is when uh, the client gets mad at the doctor over money and says, if you really cared, you would do this for free. And the veterinarian jumps in and tries to educate them about what the costs of the vet clinic are and how much student debt they have. Right. And it's like, these, you, you are doing the wrong thing. Like, this is right. not an education thing. This is 100% a heart disagreement because this person is angry and ashamed and, and afraid or, you know, whatever. And you're trying to educate them out of that. And it's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, same thing for a lot of this stuff here is, you know, you try to educate them about the the geograph or the geometry of your practice and the distances and safe right. spaces that thing. And they don't want, they don't want to hear that. Uh, so, so this is oftentimes a, a heart problem and not a head problem. And we just, we have to address it as such. And then the last thing is just, just for me, uh, I, it helps me to remember this is a short term problem. Like there will, you know, ultimately we will figure this out. There will be, you know, there will be precedent set. The clients right. will get trained to what we need to be, but I do not expect in a year knock on wood, that we are going to be having arguments with clients about whether or not they're allowed to come into our building. Yeah. I think this is this is going to be a couple of months and the world is going to keep, you know, keep changing and, and evolving. But ultimately, I do not think this is going to be a forever problem. I think this is just like it was the problem when we had to push people to go curbside. Now they're pushing back into the mm-hmm. building and we're just going to go through that process again. Yeah. Yeah. So... The big question is, okay, we recognize that this is this is a sticky issue, right? And there's feelings, heart real strong feelings on both sides of the coin. And we're gonna have to talk about it with our team. And so being in the right headspace to know that there's no right answer, that this is a short-term problem, and that we probably Um, are going to have the best success if we try and find some middle ground and, and until, until things do change again, which they will. So how do we, how do we actually tackle preparing the team who are answering the phone, who are going out to get patients to bring them into the building? What can we do to solve this problem? Cause it, it needs a solution. And, and there are a lot of us, a lot of, I, I see it. I see it in people's responses and in, in a lot of the groups, there are still a lot of our, our profession and our colleagues who are choosing to deal with it by burying their head in the sand because they're just hoping it will go away <laughs> yeah. and they're just ignoring it. And meanwhile, the team is getting beat up and battered. And, um, and so how do we, how do we keep, people from taking that approach and yet 
not getting so overwhelmed with how do I make this super hard decision. Let's take a quick break and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Hey guys, I just want to jump in here with a quick break and let you know about the Uncharted Marketing and Strategy Conference, which is coming at you. It is virtual, April 22nd through the 25th. This is the flagship conference of Uncharted. Uh, it is it is the one that we started with. It is what we do best, I think. I don't think there's anybody who does marketing strategy stuff in vet medicine better than we do. I know I'm, I'm a bit biased. But that's that's just what I think. We have got uh, we've got some great presenters, and again, remember we are a workshop conference. We are not a lecture conference. You are not going to come and sit and get talked at. You are going to work on your business at this conference, and you're going to work on communication, right? About streamlining, setting strategy for your practice. We are not going to be pushing hard to grow clientele because most of us have as many clients as we can handle. Instead, we are going hardcore at efficiency, smoother, faster communication that gets medicine done more uh, more effectively. So that is really what we're going to work on. Uh, it's going to be uh, a collection of speakers, uh, myself included. Stephanie Goss is going to be there. She's going to be doing some presentations. Uh, Dr. Caitlin DeWild, who's the social DVM, is going to be there talking about communication. Dr. Stacy Santi, who's an entrepreneur and practice owner and incredible lecturer. Uh, Sanani Ratnayaka, who is, uh, she is a light in the world. I love uh, Sanani to pieces. She has been our uh, speaker of the year at Uncharted before. She is, uh, she is so great about talking about culture and uh, focus and planning and resilience. And I just, I, I think the world of her. We've got Craig Spinks, who's uh, with videos. We've got a collection of other presenters coming online. Guys, if you like uh, if you like setting strategy for your business, if you like the podcast, if you like uh, communication, if you want things to be more smooth in your practice, head on over, get registered, virtual conference, 22nd through the 25th of April. It is going to be fantastic. Link in the show notes. I hope to see you there. All right, let's talk about what we actually say and how we support our team when they're having these conversations. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. The biggest thing is uh, we all need to be on the same page. Yes. Transparency is so important. It's so easy as the manager or the doctor uh, to just be like, nah, this is, I'm not hearing about this. Uh, it's happening. Yes. You, you know, it's happening. Yes. Uh, we just have to communicate, even if it is, hey guys, we uh, do not anticipate changing what we're doing until uh the fall mm -hmm. period mm -hmm. then say that like yeah. just just say it say hey we do not have any and you don't have to figure it out a lot of people immediately go oh andy says we got to pick a time that we're going to open back up and we have to tell people i'm not saying that i would just say hey guys we do not have plans to open back up uh it, we're continuing the monitor situation but just so you know we're we're going to be watching this um, and and probably going to be curbside through the summer. And so everybody can just, just set that expectation. And so it is just making that statement to the team so that they're not, so that they're not wondering and they're not like, no, I don't know. We haven't heard yet. Well, and I think, I think that becomes um, easier to when you gather the troops and, and have a conversation with the team and just say, guys, I know people are getting vaccinated. I know you guys are getting vaccinated. Things are changing rapidly. If we haven't had clients asking yet, hey, I'm vaccinated. Can I come in the building? We will because it's a reality. All of us will get that question at some point. And so to be able to say to them, um, you know, if if your choice is to stay curbside and to not let anybody in your building to say to your team, nothing, you know, nothing's changed for us. Like, yes, people are getting vaccinated and more things are open up, opening up. However. 
there is something that your team has been communicating to your clients this whole time, whether it's we have a, we have high risk people on our team and we can't we can't put them at risk by having clients in the building, whether it's your exam rooms are four feet wide and you can't have people in there because they're just not big enough or whatever the reasoning and the messaging has been to the clients to this point, going back and revisiting that to with the team as a whole, that that hasn't changed. Like my governor may have said, everything is going to open up wide tomorrow. But the reasoning for us in as a business in making that decision hasn't necessarily changed. And so having that conversation with the team and making sure that whatever messaging they have been giving to this point um, stays in place or or if you have had your head a little bit in the sand and you're not sure what they've been telling the clients, asking them, what are we telling clients when a Mm -hmm. client says, I'd like to come in for my appointment? What are, what are we actually saying to them and how are we saying it um, and having a conversation as a, as a team about does that messaging need to change or not? But I think for me, where I would start with that conversation is to get everybody together and just say, hey, wh- why did we start making this? Wh- why did we make that choice in the first place? Um, because I think for a lot of us that that fundamental doesn't just necessarily change when someone snaps their fingers and says, Hey, April 1st, we're going to open the state wide, uh, you know, wide open again. Yeah. That is a fantastic staff meeting, by the way, Mm -hmm. you want to talk about, this is, this is how I love to do staff training is not me standing in front of everybody saying, do this and then do this and then do this. I've done those meetings. I'm I'm happy to do those meetings. Um, but I, I really do try to minimize them because they're not fun uh, right. for the staff. And they're also not nearly as effective as going to the staff and saying, guys, let's talk about what we say to clients when they ask if they can come in the building. Mm-hmm. Who has something that seems to work well? And let's talk about, let's, first of all, let's make it easy. I always, I'll do this. I'll say, what do we not want to say to these clients? What is going to make this situation bad? And that makes them laugh and just say, you know, right. whatever sort of goofy things they want to say. And then we all kind of laugh together. And then we start to kind of get into what's going to be useful. And because, I say, all right, well, what's what's better than that? Because management said so. It's like, yeah, it's like when and, you tell your kids, because I said so. Right? But yeah. why? <laughs> yeah, but 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 get them to give you suggestions of what tends to work well and then yeah. ask the rest of the staff. Why do you guys think that that works when Heather says it? And I just, that's, that's just the best way to do education. I think in, in, in my mind, it's, it's active, it's engaged, it's them using phrases that they're comfortable with that comes from them. I I just, I I think that is, that is a fan freaking tastic way to do it. So how do you guys talk about this? I will tell you, you know, through the summer, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've been having some, we have some people that, that come inside so we have we have a facility that has big exam rooms and so we've been letting some clients come into the building and do things like that and it is amazing and i have noticed and other doctors have noticed when we talk about it uh the difference in the percentage of clients who come in the building when you have one technician versus another technician is staggering and so i will work with certain technicians and all day long i will not have anyone come into the building and i'll work with other technicians and all day long i'm seeing clients in exam rooms Mm -hmm. And it is amazing. We've talked about it. And uh, I did this. It was really fascinating. If you have this experience in your clinic, 
that is a great place to talk to the techs and be like, what do you say? And, you know, like notice that, you know, that you do all of these appointments in curbside. What do you say? So I talked to the technicians and let me just say, these are wonderful technicians. I really, really like them. They do a great job. I, I think extremely highly of, the, of all of them. But it's funny. I talked to the ones who have people come in to the clinic a lot and what they will say when they go out is, hey, so uh, are you here for curbside? And that's, that's how they open up the conversation. Or um, are you okay with curbside? And they'll say things like that. And the technicians who almost never have people come into the building walk out and say, we have you here for a curbside appointment. That's the same great communication and care from the comfort of your very own car. And then they just kind of start into the process. And the pet owners are just like, well, I guess that's what we're doing. And it, and that's it. And so they don't walk up and say, do you want to be curbside? Would you like to be curbside? They say, you're here for curbside. Right. And this is what we are planning on doing. How do, And at the end, they'll go, how does that sound? And if the person then says, I would really like to come inside, then they can have that conversation. Right. But the vast majority of people never take, how does that sound as, would you like to come inside? Yeah. Well, and I think the fu- the the fundamental difference there is a fundamental difference for a lot of the communication that we should be doing in veterinary medicine, which is totally if we ask it as a question, we are not in control of the answer. We're we're putting yeah. all of the control in the client's hands whereas if we make a statement and then ask for their input, we remain in control of the conversation. And I, I love that. I love that your team is saying it, whether they know that they're doing it or not. Um, and I love that you shared that example, Andy, because it's so, so great. Because if you ask them, you're inviting their opinion and you're putting the control yeah. right into their hands. And someone mm-hmm. who may have been prepared for curbside, if you ask them, are you here for curbside? It, human nature, if they wanted to come inside, would be to be like, you know, the little voice in their head is saying, well, I thought I was going to have to sit out in my car. But if you're telling me I can come inside. Yeah, I would love to come inside. That'd yes. be great. That's right? exactly it. Yeah, exactly. You just open the door for it. It's one of the things that I, I talk a lot about when we do exam room communication, especially with wellness. It's like, you know, um, one of the tricks with doing wellness well in your practice is uh, make pet owners opt out of good care, right? not opt into it. And that is a just a, such a clear divider I see between thriving practices and practices that struggle is when the practice uh, just runs it like, we assume that you're here and you're going to do the wellness care that we recommend. And you can opt out of that, but you need to tell us as opposed to, we assume you're not going to do anything, and we're going to try to get you to opt in to doing each individual thing that we would like you to do. Like, the outcomes are so radically different. Yeah. Even think about it like uh, forward booking, right? And so uh, making appointments when people leave. My big thing is I, the idea of having a pet owner there and then getting the appointment scheduled when they check out and then being like, you know what? You can cancel if you want to. Right. You can reschedule if you want exactly. to. But the default is that you're how you have an appointment and you're going to start getting emails and text messages saying yes. your appointment is coming. Please confirm. Yes. And if you don't do anything, 
you, you know, you're going to have an appointment on this date. And so not doing anything means you end up with an appointment as opposed to not doing anything means you did not call and make an appointment. So your pet doesn't get care. Right. And that seems so simple. But when you think about every client that you have every day. That subtle difference in them having to call to make an appointment and them having to call to cancel an appointment, that adds up mm-hmm. to a ton of health care that gets done that wouldn't oh, yeah. otherwise get done. And the truth is, like I just tell you, like for me, I'm busy and I'm kind of lazy in some ways. And so if I have an appointment, it's I honestly, I am more likely to just go to the appointment. Then I am to oh, go sure. through the headache of looking ahead and rescheduling it for another time. I'm like, you know what? I'll just I'll make it work. Yeah. And then I just take my pet and I go and do the thing that's make them opt out. Don't make them opt in. And yeah. so it's the same thing with this is this is what we're doing. And if they want to try to opt out, they they can. But I want I don't want them to think that this is an open conversation at the beginning. It's like, oh, here's what we're doing. Yeah. And uh, do you have questions? And if at that point they want to take their question time to say, can I not come in because I or can I come in because I really want to, then then we can have that discussion. But the vast majority of people are just going to say, that's fine. And then we're going to go on. Yeah, I think that's that's super smart. And then the the other big piece that I would say um, in how how do we figure out what to do here, um, I guess, is for my manager colleagues and practice owners. Remember last spring when I feel like all of us were glued to our computers. And I remember when things started changing and we were heading towards curbside and they were putting new rules and regulations and recommendations and all of those things into place. I feel like I read our county public health's website and the CDC's website. I was reading all of that obsessively. And then as we things changed again in summer. And so we we went through a period where we were reading it obsessively again. And I feel like for the last probably four to six months, it's been kind of static. There hasn't been a whole lot of change after Christmas, after the spike, after the holidays, like things have stayed the same and there's been a lot of um, no, no change. And so I, a lot of us stopped obsessing and stopped, you know, Mm -hmm. I stopped checking the page every day and I stopped looking for the changes and the updates. And so for, for my manager colleagues and and practice owners, this is where I would say now's a good time to see, go, go be a little obsessive, look at the website again, see what they're saying. Have any, have things changed in your area? Have they made new recommendations or are the guidelines that I know Washington state spent weeks and and months in the very beginning tr- moving as fast as they could but really trying to think through the requirements for what businesses needed to do to be safe when they reopened and they had very extensive guidelines and so for me it was about getting obsessive again and giving myself a refresher on what are my local requirements can i do i still have to have 6 feet apart do i still have to have sneeze guards up do i still have to have uh hand sanitizer everywhere for clients like what are the realities to reopening because that gives you ammunition not just with the clients but with your team in terms of coming up with a game plan because yes yeah. the regulations and the recommendations may be shifting as more and more people get vaccinated and for a lot of us who are in areas where guidelines were put into place, those guidelines may or may not have 
changed. And so we kind of, it's like wiping down the surfaces constantly in the beginning, we were all obsessive about it. And I'll be honest, like we're a little less obsessive now. And so for me that when I click into the manager brain, that's where I would start is like, what are the get getting clear for myself? What are the actual requirements and recommendations and expectations as an employer to provide a safe workspace for my team and a safe space for my clients? Because armed with that information, I feel like I could make a plan for what does it look like as we start to have more people in the building, because I will know either these are the hurdles that I have to jump to get there, or I will know that there are we still can't meet those hurdles. And so, you know, in the beginning, that was it it was very easy for me because Washington State said, okay, if you're an employer, you have to be able to put six feet of space. And our exam rooms are not six feet big. I physically cannot do that without remodeling the clinic. And so I said to the team, it's pretty easy for us. We can't have clients in the building until they get to the phase where they drop the six feet thing. And that is we're not there. And so it becomes really easy for for me to set up the messaging and the communication with the team uh, to the clients from that perspective. But if I don't have that information in hand, I can't make those informed decisions. And so I think the last thing is all of us have to take a step back and do a little bit of re-education about what are the what are the you know requirements currently and what do I need to do to take care of not only my team but our clients who are coming in the building as well, because a lot of us, a lot of us did the freak out in the beginning and we're like, oh my gosh, I have to install sneeze guards and I have to do all of the things. And a lot of clinics did it, but there were a lot more clinics who were like, I'm just going to wait and see. And I know I was one of those. We didn't put all of that stuff up because we were like, well, we can't be six feet apart in the building. So we can't have anybody in anyways. So I'm not going to rush out and spend all the money to do all the things right now. And so educating ourselves about what do we actually have to do helps us formulate a plan for then how do we have that conversation with the team? How do we communicate that to the team about what may be changing or not be changing And then as a team, once they have the understanding about the plan and how we might move forward and they've given input into that plan about how they feel um, and, you know, talking about all the cultural related things with the team of do we have compromised team members? Do we have people who are nervous? What are their fears? What are they worried about talking through all of that? Then being able to set up a plan for then how do we communicate that to the clients so that we're not having someone feel on the spot of like, like you said, Andy, in the exam room where the client is mad about the money and they're trying to educate them on the issues of how how does it, how expensive it is to run the business and student debt. It's the same with our CSRs who are on the phone, who are trying to educate our clients. Well, um, you know, this is the, this is the protocol and this is the, the process. Like we want them to feel good and, and feel like they can on the spot explain why yeah yeah and i think that that brings us back around to the meat of what the staff needs to be ready to say mm-hmm. um to your point there needs to be a, a why right mm-hmm. if pet owners are going to push and they're going to be like well you know i, I want to come in tell me why i can't come in the staff needs to have a why yeah now there are a couple things i would say as far as a good why okay the why they can't come in 
should not be moral. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the reason I say that is it goes back to sort of culture war thing. Again, remember vaccines mean different things to people and right. people have some strong views about they're getting them. They're not going to get them. I don't want to talk to them about the right thing to do and our obligation to keep people safe necessarily. Right. right? And it's just, I don't know this person, especially if I'm talking to the staff, right? They're going to use these words with a variety of different people. Mm -hmm. And so my why, I don't want it to be moral because it will uh, sound very different to different people depending on their worldview and where they're coming from and why they're saying this. So again, I I would stay away from moral things. And I also want to be a little bit careful about educating them, meaning my why, I don't want to... One, uh, I think a lot of stuff is just changing by the day as far as what we know and infection rates and things like that. So if you're not going to commit to keeping up with that stuff, then that's going to be kind of hard to continue to arm your team with. Mm -hmm. But the other part, again, is you are trying to throw facts at someone about uh, a a meaning disagreement. Right. If you say, well, it's this and this is and this is how contagious it is. And this is the amount of space it takes and blah, blah, blah. So you say, well, if I can't give them education and I can't give them moral meanings, Andy, what the heck am I doing? You still definitely go with with education, but it should be on the information that they don't necessarily have or they wouldn't have or they wouldn't expect to have. Right. So, for example, when we say our clinic does not meet the standards that are required by the state to have people inside of it right now. Mm-hmm. Like our specific clinic, because of the room sizes, do not meet required standards to be able to have people in. That's a great reason, because why would you know that? You wouldn't right. know that. And right. like, it's not like I'm I'm one upping you with my knowledge and it's not a moral judgment. Like, you know, dude, you're totally right. Right. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm with you, but I wish I could, uh, you know, yeah. but I'm giving you information like that, even to the point of just saying, and, it, you know, this this sounds crazy, but I, but, I, but I promise, you know, it's our corporate policy does not allow for us to have people in the building yet. Yeah. And if, I mean, I only say if it's true, I'm not a bear like, oh, just lie to them. No, right. if, if that's, if that's true, that makes this really easy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you can get mad at that person in the parking lot all you want. They're not going to change corporate policy right. and you look like an ass. Right. Um, right. You know, if that's true, then that's just an easy thing is like, you know, and the, the great thing too is the staff can agree with the clients go, you know, I hear you. Yeah. I'm totally, I'm done. I'm totally with you. It's just, that's, that's the corporate policy and right. they have not lifted it. And so here we are. Now I know. What are you going to do? I think that's fine. Right. But you but I want to give my staff something they can put their foot on that doesn't require my staff using the strength of their conviction and belief to talk people into their way of thinking, because I just don't think it's going to happen. Well, and I think another another one that is is helpful and it's a little bit it may it may fall for you. It, you, you may say that it falls on on the a little bit on the moral side, but our team has um, been having the conversation with the clients like we've had a lot of clients bemoaning the fact that they they want to get vaccinated and they can't because there are a lot of states that are still a hot mess. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, um, for the team to say, yeah, I, I, you know, we can't, we haven't all been able to get vaccinated yet. And we would like, we would love to have you in the building, but, you know, we're having just as hard of a time as, as some of our clients with getting appointments. And so, you know, we're just, we're not there yet. Sorry. Like yeah. the, they have, they have found comfort in, in that without it getting into um, you know, a, a big thing. And I love the reasoning um, that one of our mutual friends uh, shared within the Uncharted community. She um, works with a big, big hospital that has specialty ER and um, is is a giant facility. And for them, it's still about if we 
if we open ourselves up significantly to the public, we increase our risk factor, even with people being vaccinated. And if we have um, a breakout in the hospital and we have to close, who's going to serve all of our clients? And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think even clients who are super, super amped up when they think about it from that perspective of we're trying to stay open and serve you, how do you like you will find some jerk who's going to argue that. But for the vast Mm -hmm. majority of people, how do they argue with that? They 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 can't because you're disarming. It's like it's like kill them with a smile. That's really we're trying to be here for you and your pets. And so we're trying to keep everybody safe as possible so that we don't have to, you know, be closed for an outbreak. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we understand it's frustrating. We're, you know, we, we totally get it. Yeah. I think this is also a good chance to practice the broken record defense. Mm-hmm. And so we, we work on that with the staff. Yeah. When we give the staff a simple thing to say, we're like, this is why we're not opening. It's because... Uh, our team has not been able to be vaccinated yet, and we are dedicated to uh, staying open through the pandemic to serve the pets that need us. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are. Mm-hmm. OK. And so we'll say that that's what we decide. That's what people seem to hear. And that's that's what we're going to say. It, it can be really, really helpful just to talk to your team and be like, don't stray away from this. Yeah. And there, that's sort of a common debate tactic that people will use is they'll try to ask you other questions and yeah, try to get it, it you to. It doesn't matter to, that you guys haven't been vaccinated. I got vaccinated. So I'm, I'm, yeah. pro- I'm protected against, I mean, you guys are totally. protected against me. Why can't I come in the building? I know. I under, like, I understand completely. It's just that our team hasn't been vaccinated, you know, when there's still risk of people getting sick and we really are focused on being able to stay open and not have any sort of outbreaks at all inside of our, our team. So we're, we're taking it very seriously. And you can keep coming at me as long as you want. And I'm just going to keep saying to you, yeah, to, I yeah, I hear you. It's just that we really uh, want to make sure we're able to be here for our pets and our team is not vaccinated fully. And that is just a commitment that we have made to our community. I totally understand. Right. It's just like I said, I, I wish that we could get our people vaccinated, but our people are not vaccinated yet. And it's just it's really important to us. And, and just and like that's the broken record. And right. after a while you go, this is maddening. But that's fine. Like if they want to keep going, like, you know, ultimately, I'm not going to get drawn into the size of my rooms and right. how the decision was made and how many people are not vaccinated or when those are going to get vaccinated. So th- that's the broken record defense. And it is it is really good. It's great crisis management. Um, If you're ever. <laughs> Yeah. Under in the crosshairs of an activist group for some reason or like uh, <laughs> online. Well, I say activist group, but I guess what I mean is like you, you there are those unfortunate circumstances where, um, you know, uh, like a like a online shaming thing right. for a vet clinic that didn't really do anything wrong. But right. now they have angry people calling you, that broken record defense yeah. really is is your friend as far as here's how we address these phone calls. Here's how we handle these things and just just not getting drawn off point, but just sort of circling back again and again and again. And the last thing that I want to say on this is um, what's the worst thing is going to happen? Right. We <laughs> we generally are completely buried in work as a profession. And if they want to go somewhere else yeah. and they're mad enough to go there. Let them go. Yeah. 
Like that, that, yes. that's really it. You know, I, you're not going to make any, everyone happy. Yes. We have to decide what we think is right, what is best. We have to work with our team to help articulate that. And at some point, if that makes you so mad that you're going to go somewhere else, I have to be okay with that. Yeah. And I'm going to be. That's yeah. what I got. Anything else to add? No, that was, that was it. This was a good one. I hope it was helpful for you guys. And, um, we see you and we hear you. And yeah. this is a hard, this is a hard <laughs> one. Talking to your team is definitely, it's definitely time. If you haven't had the conversation yet, now's the, now's the time to have the conversation because you're going to start getting these, these questions and, um, having the team feel prepared for it is the, is the best thing that you, that you can do as a, as a leader. So yeah, I hope uh, I hope everybody has a good week. Yeah, have a great uh, have a great couple of days coming up, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Well, gang, that is a wrap. Andy and I will be back at it again next week. In the meantime, if you enjoyed today's conversation, we would love to see you at our upcoming Uncharted Veterinary Conference. This is our flagship conference that is happening virtually once again. The dates are April 22nd through the 25th, and there are still some spots available. If you would like more information, you can hit up the website at unchartedvet.com forward slash UVVC 2021. You'll find information about the schedule, workshops, and the registration link there. I hope to see you soon. Take care, everybody.